Hello, and welcome to Consumer Watchdog's Rage for Justice Report, our weekly conversation about the current issues we are exposing, confronting, and changing. I'm your host, Carmen Balber, Executive Director of Consumer Watchdog. And this week, seven racial justice organizations endorsed the Fairness Act, uh, our initiative that's on the 2022 ballot that would update the 45-year-old law that caps compensation for medical negligence in California and really prevents families from getting justice, especially families in communities of color. And so with me to talk about that endorsement this week, which is really big news, is Sharon Washington Barnes, um, who uh, knows this story, uh, this issue personally, because she lost her brother to medical negligence. And she's leading the charge in the Central Valley for accountability and reform. So thanks for joining me on the podcast. Sharon. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, really glad to have you. And I'm just so, uh, so impressed with all the work, great work you're doing up uh, in the Central Valley. So um, I know this is a very personal issue for you. Uh, You lost your brother, which is how you got involved in this fight, how we met. Um, Why don't we start there? Tell us about your brother, Sean, and, and what happened to him. Yeah, so um, Sean was my big brother. I'm the youngest of three, so it's Sean, Sherelle, my older sister, and then me, Sharon. And so um, he was both of my sister and I's best friend, but he and I, you know, connected, uh, you know, just a little bit differently because none of us had our, our father growing up. And so my, my brother was my father figure as well as my grandfather. And my brother just taught me, you know, a lot of, almost everything that I know, quite honestly, and I'm not really sure I would be the person that I am had he not had such an influence and impact on my life. And I tell people a lot that, you know, I, I struggled a lot after he passed because I, you know, used him almost as like a compass and a checkpoint for things. And so I had to almost relearn how I, you know, move in the world. And so um, two years ago on April 26, 2019, um, Sean passed away at a Kaiser ER in Manteca, California, after waiting eight hours um, for care. And within those eight hours, his lungs actively filled with blood and he passed away um, at the age of 29 with a, uh, a baby on the way that he unfortunately never got a chance to meet. Um, and so, you know, losing him and not only losing him, but being there, watching it happen, and then seeing the effects on my family, especially my mother, um, you know, has really been tough, but also sort of give me the strength to keep fighting this fight and make sure that no other family has to suffer like this. And from what you've told me, it was a combination of things in that in that final ER visit um, that cost him his life. And a lot of it was was just a real sense of neglect I got from you. Um, the attitudes in the ER uh, towards the complaints of your brother, um, who went into the ER complaining, I can't breathe. You know, we've, we've yeah. heard the outrage over that statement um, when Black men lose their lives at the hands of police officers. Um, this happened to your brother in an ER. Yes. And that is something as an activist, I try to make people aware of is the fact that we aren't just fighting against police brutality. These things are happening in almost every system in America, as far as detrimental to the black community. And Sean 
asked multiple times to be intubated because he could not breathe. He made the statement multiple times that he could not breathe. And it just seemed like that morning, nobody cared. Nobody was moving fast enough. Nobody was, you know, um, doing the things that needed to be done to save his life in that moment. And, um, you know, it, it, it was one thing to see, but it was a total other thing to, you know, look back on it and, and then realize, you know, what, what actually happened because in the moment things happened so quickly, I didn't even, wasn't even able to piece it together, um, to be able to speak out right then and there. And, you know, it just m- makes me want these facilities to learn what these families are dealing with in these moments so that they can have more compassion and, and, you know, give them the care that they deserve. Sean was badgered about, you know, um, having HIV and having, you know, and asking where his insurance card was. I was actually asked to go home three times in order to get, um, his insurance information. And he was denied care. He was denied a transfer to a hospital that had the specialist and had all the equipment to take care of him. And he was denied that because they couldn't get in contact with his insurance carrier. And that to me is, is, I mean, I can't, couldn't explain negligence any more than that. Um, since when are we starting to allow insurance status to um, get in the way of, of saving someone's life? And that's yeah. how I felt that day, or about yeah, that, that day. And that's, I mean, that's something that particular insurance issue, you know, he was, I know that he was at a Kaiser facility but he didn't have Kaiser insurance. And we've heard not only from your family, but many families that Kaiser doesn't like to treat people who aren't within their network. And so the, the badgering about his HIV status, which was non-existent, but he just happened to be a black Correct. man in the ER and his insurance card, which was completely unnecessary instead of caring for him is a problem we've heard so many times. Um, And then, of course, you know, you're talking about uh, preventing this from happening to other families. That's that's when you learned about the medical negligence cap, right? Yes. So after we realized that um, something went wrong uh, with Sean and his care, we started looking for representation, legal representation. And in doing that, we, you know, called so many offices and law firms and spoke to so many lawyers and we kept getting the same answer. Well, have you learned about this cap? Have you learned about this cap? And we're like, we have no idea what you're talking about, but it seems to me the deciding factor in whether or not um, firms will take these medical negligence cases. And so I did some research and I stumbled upon um, the Medical Injury Compensation Reform Act, which is, you know, the law that places a 250 compensation uh, cap um, compensation that families can receive if they even win the case um, in these medical negligence um, situations. And so we realized that not only are families, you know, grieving the loss of the loved one and, you know, trying to fight for justice, they're being silent because they can't, they're, they're struggling to get access to the courts because lawyers don't want to take cases because of this law that, you know, and just being honest, um, medical companies lobbied on and paid, you know, paid to have this law, uh, you know, passed because it works in their favor. And so, you know, we realized and started to realize, okay, not only are we up against, 
you know, the medical negligence side of things and what's going on in these hospitals. We're also against a, a broken system, systemic racism showing its face in this law and how it is literally disproportionately affecting um, communities of color and keeping them from access to the court, which everyone as a human being should, you know, be allowed to have, as well as a voice to seek justice and to hold these facilities accountable because Sean was not the first. And unfortunately within these two years, he has not been the last. And so um, when families aren't able to speak out, um, these things are allowed to be swept under the rug. Well, that's such an important piece of this conversation to be having because I mean, especially with the COVID crisis, it's, it's finally staring us all in the face. Uh, the systemic inequities in the healthcare system, right? And the fact that yes. people of color get worse care, get, have worse outcomes, they experience more medical negligence, and I mean, you know, even get less access to vaccines when we're talking about the COVID crisis. So, so um, that's yeah. why we were so glad that you know Sean's story really inspired this coalition of Central Valley groups um, to get engaged and endorse the Fairness Act. And I know you're marching this yeah. weekend about that. So why don't you tell us about the march this weekend? Yes. So basically we'll be marching in Manteca, California. Um, you know, the, the plan is to ju just really continue to raise awareness. A lot of people aren't aware of one, this um, cap in the, in the law and uh, also just how, you know, crazy rampant uh, medical negligence is 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 in california and and so we just want to be able to continue to raise awareness but also just let people know that we're still here and we're still fighting and that these facilities need to speak up and and um acknowledge their 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 wrongdoings you know and and their patients should know about what's going on in these facilities so that they can make sound decisions on you know, what medical facilities they want to send their children to or themselves to. And so we're going to be visiting each facility that Sean visited within the month of April. So we're going to go by the dentist. We're going to go by Kaiser. We're going to go by the urgent care, not to disturb, you know, whatever they're doing in their place of business, but to tell Sean's story at each of those facilities because his voice was taken away. He cannot tell what happened to him and the negligence that he received. And so to tell his story, hopefully have people become aware and start to hold these facilities accountable. Or even, you know, if they go there, start to question the doctors and the people who were there, like, hey, you know, are you guys acknowledging, you know, that that you cared for or saw Sean Washington at all? Because these facilities aren't even acknowledging that he lost his life and they may have played a role in it. And so we just want to stop by, we're going to leave a, one of his photos and a candle so that, you know, it's made clear that um, he was there, that he, you know, um, was neglected and that he is no longer with us because of it. Well, uh, and anyone who lives in the Central Valley, uh, you'll be in Manteca uh, this Saturday, starting at 11 a.m. in Sequoia Park, correct? Yes, we are starting this Saturday, Manteca, California, this Saturday, 13th. Um, the event will we'll meet up at Sequoia Park, which is 868 Wawona um, in Manteca. And you just meet us there um, for 11 a.m. And we'll, you know, I'll go over, you know, what the route is and what the plan is. And I want to just give a disclaimer. I know people are thinking, oh, well, the weather 
we are going to be there rain or shine. I had someone reach out to me and it really touched my heart. And they said, Sean was allowed to be uncomfortable for eight plus hours. And if we have to be a little uncomfortable walking in the rain, I'm okay with that. And that just really touched my heart to know that people are dedicated and, you know, amongst the pandemic and obviously we'll be safe. We encourage everybody do not come without a mask. Do not come if you are not feeling well, but please strap on your rain gear and some good shoes and come and join us because if we don't put, apply this pressure, if we, we let the weather get in the way, if we let, you know, um, a pandemic that we've been dealing with for almost two years now um, get in the way, then social justice, we never see the the justice side of things. You know what I mean? We won't ever get there if we keep letting these things get in the way. And I just think of, you know, my ancestors went through far worse than walking in the rain. So, Well, I really appreciate your fight for accountability, your fight for, for equity. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you all. Absolutely. So um, just to remind everyone again, you can uh, get the information for the rally if you uh, missed that address already at the Change for Sean website or look up uh, Black Lives Matter Manteca, a couple of the sponsoring organizations. Uh, thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. You can always find us on SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, iTunes, or anywhere you get your podcasts. I'm Carmen Balber, and this has been the Rage for Justice Report.